please join me and my guest, Saul Colt, as we talk about finding good taste while not offending others. Saul runs a marketing and advertising agency called The Idea Integration Company, doing non-traditional and word-of-mouth marketing for small and big brands. Saul shares his take on mistakes companies make with marketing and emphasizes the importance of humanity, especially in the current climate. Please enjoy and welcome. Welcome to the Cashflow Canucks podcast, where Canadian entrepreneurs and investors come to learn about wealth creation. Experts in their fields will join your host, Peter Lount, to share their successes, challenges, and discuss opportunities. All right, Saul, thanks for joining me today on Cashflow Canucks. Um, appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, share your story with um, the group. Um, can you just um, start with a little intro, tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do, what you're doing right now these days? Sure. So uh, my name is Saul Cold. I run a, uh, a marketing and advertising agency called the Idea Integration Company. Uh, we do non-traditional and word-of-mouth marketing for small and big brands. Our uh, expertise is really doing uh, edgy work that gets noticed and shared for uh, small to medium-sized budgets. So we've worked with um, some of the most recognizable brands in the world, as well as probably 100 startups you've uh, never heard of but have seen something somewhere that we did for them. Uh, so we do, um, you know, we do really cool stuff. But besides that, uh, you know, I'm a 20-year veteran of the, the Toronto, New York, San Francisco, Minneapolis, Portland marketing communities. And uh, I've seen everything, done everything, and I'm very opinionated. So uh, anything you ask me, I may not be correct, but I'll certainly have an opinion on it. Well, I think there's always, everybody's got an, an opinion. It's just how you're, where, what angle you're coming from, right? Because I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of times more than one, obviously more, more than one right answer, right? Um, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've been doing this for, you said 20 years now? Yep. 20 years plus. And um, how did you get started into it? Uh, so I grew up in a family business. So I, um, from the time I was 13, I was uh, working in, the, in our, our family company. Obviously, I went to school at the same time, but I, I sort of skipped my childhood and, and had to grow up real quick. And um, through that, I just always have been, you know, entrepreneurial and had to learn things uh, sort of my own way and, and um, just create new ways for doing things. So part of the, you know, whatever success I have has really come from being non, um, non-classically trained and developing my own systems and formulas for things that have really sort of uh, helped me stand out from the pack from a lot of other people. And, um, you know, I, from family business, I started my own companies, sold businesses, worked for um, some big brands. So, you know, working for myself, working for my family, I developed sort of work ethic and, and drive and working for brands like Rogers and some big companies at senior positions. They taught me structure and I was able to put all of it together and start my own business. Um, well, it's probably about my third company. I've sold a couple others, but not of any, you know, real, um, you know, prominence. And uh, so finally, when it came to starting this company, I, I had 
uh, what I call the best business school in the world, sort of formal, informal, um, family, mentors, you know, actual school. I was able to put it all together and it's really helped me um, be able to create things for myself as well as for other people. Right. And so you said uh, you grew up in a family, you said it was a family, a family mm -hmm. business. What was that? Um, my, my dad had a corrugated box manufacturing company. So, um, you know, one of the things my dad instilled in me, which I am grateful for this to this day, is he said, you have to learn every role in the company and be able to do it, you know, as well as anyone else. So 13, um, every day after school, I was the janitor and sweeping the warehouse. And, and then I, you know, 16, I had my truck driver's license and was able to, you know, summer job was making deliveries in a 20 foot, uh, you know, straight truck. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I literally did every job in the entire company, including running the company. And uh, all these things helped me sort of end up where I am right now. And, you're, and I'm not and even sure that's a great place, but at least I'm somewhere. Right. But you, that's a, that's a, I mean, if I think of the two, corrugated box versus a creative marketing, where do the two connect? Um, I guess that's, that's something that over time you had developed um, through, through working through the company. Is that, how would you say that you kind of got to where you are from that? Uh, so they don't connect. They're literally on the opposite ends of the spectrum. But I'd say one was my school and one was my passion. So without going through sort of the, the school side of things, I wouldn't have been able to do what I'm doing today. I've always been creative. It's, it's something that's been inside of me. It's always been something that I hoped I would end up doing. But, you know, uh, you know, unless you actually train and learn and, you know, there's so many more things to running a business than just being creative. So um, I'm very fortunate that I had both ends of the spectrum. I had, you know, my natural ability and perhaps my calling, if you want to get into it, but without putting in the time, energy and sweat of learning what it means to actually you know, be responsible and accountable and people depending on you and, and meeting payrolls and speaking to bank managers and, you know, customer service and all those things. Um, the, the two wouldn't have, uh, you know, I just, I wouldn't have had the background to be able to actually do what I wanted to do. Right. So you put a lot of the foundational work in yourself to give you mm -hmm. that, your own control over kind of where you wanted to go. Mm -hmm. From there, exactly. And um, in terms of um, you know the, I guess what you do now, what um, are you able to share a little bit about what differentiates you? You don't have to give your secret sauce, but kind of how you differentiate yourself from other people in a similar industry to you. Sure. So um, there's a couple things that differentiate us, but besides the fact that. Uh, our work we do is, is a little bit more on the edgy side. We're not looking to play safe and we're not looking to, um, you know, be unmemorable. Everything we do, we want to be memorable, shareable and, and talkable. Uh, the way we do that, and it, you know, I, I can give you the secret. It, it's not, it's not anything that people don't already know. It's the difference between knowing and doing is, you know, what we do is we, we figure out where that line of good taste is, where that line where, you know, where you're going to be 
shocking people or offending people or them being completely uninterested. And we, we know where the line is. So we're able to cross it by two baby steps. Whereas a lot of people who they just try to be shocking and irreverent, they don't know where that line is. And that's why things blow up in their face or they, you know, they create campaigns that cause, you know, heartache and, and for the brand and for the agency and stuff like that. We are always trying to stretch um, the limits of what we're allowed to do or what is expected of us. But because we know where that line is, we only cross it by a little bit. And that crossing it by a little bit is really where the memories are made and where the magic is created. But, you know, if you don't know where that line of good taste is, you get in a lot of trouble. And, and we do get in trouble, but we don't get in trouble because of our creative work. We get in a lot of trouble because, you know, a lot of times our clients don't agree with us where the line is or there's, you know, hesitation on their part. I'm not going out to try to impress the decision maker at the company. I'm going out to try to impress the customer or the target client. And a lot of times the, the brands don't even know their customers as well as we end up knowing them because we interview people. We, we do all the research. We understand you can't, you can't fake knowing where that line is. So when you see things like that Pepsi ad where, you know, the, they did a, um, whichever one of the Jenner sisters was that she handed a, a you know, she stopped a, a riot by giving them a, a can of Pepsi and everyone was like, well, geez, that's kind of BS. Like, and stuff like that. Like, like I, I would have known that was a bad decision because we would have talked to a hundred clients and a hundred customers and really picked their brain on where, like what is the edgiest thing we could get away with? And they would actually, you know, through hints and, and conversations, we'd know what we can get away with. And then we'd cross the line. We're not just going to say, hey, you know what we should do? We should recreate a Martin Luther King, you know, peace riot. And, uh, you know, everything will be fine because we give them brown sugar. So it, it, there's a lot of things that people do wrong that we do right because we put the time in, we put the research. Um, being creative isn't that hard being right and creative is the the sort of you know the the art to it anybody can be brilliant in a flash you know have flashes of brilliant or a great idea once in a while um, to have consistent great ideas over and over and over you need to do put the time and energy in to know the target understand the problem and, and try to fix them but that's by you building out just over time kind of compounding that knowledge building that foundation building the structure around it to have that understanding mm -hmm. of, to where to where to target now being in the business as long as you have um how has technology or social media and all that how has that accelerated how have you seen that change in in your time uh, so you know social media technology it's been a a wonderful thing like a you know I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for social media and, and things like that from a personal brand standpoint and, and standing out. So all these things are great. They're, they're more avenues to distribute a message and, and to get creative work out there, but it doesn't replace the creative side of the creative work. You know, one of the things that I, I think technology is, 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 hurt um, brands is that we're not really developing marketers anymore. We're developing people who are really good at certain tools. So like you're not a, you're not a marketer, you're a HubSpot, you know, expert or you're, you know, used to be, you could be a, a, um, 
not, I, can't, I can't even think of what it's called anymore. There's been so many tools that had their day and, and have sort of vanished and, and things like that. Um, when you look at what's going on in the world right now with COVID and everything like that, the, uh, one of the reasons companies don't know what to do right now is they're not staffing marketers. They're staffing, they're staffing up technical people who are great with certain tools. Um, you know, uh, you know, people are like, what do I do with my marketing plan right now? Well, real marketing is never something that you talk about in January and then, you know, just keep the plan as it is forever. You're, you're constantly changing. It should always be an agile, you know, working document based on, you know, the temperature of your clients, the temperature of the world, what's going on, situations, you know, things that you can actually capitalize in, in the moment. So um, real marketers have had no problem handling what's going on because they know that, you know, you never stop working on your marketing plan and you're always adjusting to situations. But if someone is only good at a social media platform or only good at, you know, a, a you know, an email platform or something like that, those are the people who are panicking. So technology has been amazing and been a handicap uh, both at the same time. Right. And I guess if you have, you know, the best tool in the world, if you don't know how to use it, I mean, in this, this case, you really, that kind of accentuates your last point is really, it's about being client focused. I think people focus too much on this new widget, this new technology, but if your focus is not, is not specifically on the customer and only on the customer, you can get lost pretty quickly for sure. Well, when you think of, when you think of tools, they should be part of your marketing mix, not your marketing plan. So when social media sort of went crazy and even now like TikTok is going crazy and a few other platforms, you know, we used to joke that, you know, there were, there were board meetings of like, you know, fortune 500 companies where they're like, what's our Snapchat strategy and things like that. And like, that's kind of the same as saying, what's our fax machine strategy. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be having those type of conversations. The conversation you should be having should be your overall plan of, how are we going to engage our customers? How are we going to create demand for our product? What do people want? How do we deliver to them? Where do they want it? How are we getting it to them? All these sort of things. Like you should never be so granular that something trendy comes out and you, you sort of steer the ship in that direction and stuff like that. Cause how many, how many social media platforms have, have died, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. Like it's, they should always be part of your mix. They shouldn't be your entire uh, mental uh, investment. So take that a step further. What is your COVID strategy? Knowing that's not a tool, but that is um, something that's obviously impacting the world. How has that impacted your business and how you relate to, to clients? Well, so their it's, clients? it's impacted my business greatly because a lot of my projects were killed. We, we were um, planning a bunch of live events for some people and those, those events should be killed. Uh, but other sort of things that shouldn't have necessarily been killed, but they were sort of killed because of, you know, client hesitation, fear, all sorts of number of reasons. My strategy is, is very simple. The brands that um, are taking a wait and see attitude right now are going to be left out of the conversation. Um, customers paying very close attention to what brands are doing right now, how they're treating their customers, how they're treating their employees, um, what sort of messaging they're throwing out. 
you need to be talking. You need to um, absolutely be out there in the world, have a face, have an opinion. You should not be hard selling right now. You should turn off all of your funnels so your people aren't getting these crazy emails, you know, of like, you know, you've got 10 more hours to take advantage of this opportunity and things like that. You should be taking a far more human approach to how you're doing things right now because humanity is, is at such a, a, um, a premium right now. Yeah. Pardon me? Fragile. It's very fragile at this point, right? In terms of your impact exactly. on people, you don't know what you're going to say. It's going to, mm-hmm. yeah, can, things can blow up but, pretty but quick. You have, yeah. They can, but you know, if you look at the way people are marketing right now and advertising, it's 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 all exactly the same, and it's it's ridiculous. It's like they're it's like all their creative briefs are: we need a doctor, we need an American flag, and then we'll just close the commercial by saying buy a Toyota. You know, these are not the right approaches to be taking. I've been uh, I've been coaching some brands and, and basically saying some of the things you should be doing right now. You're already stuck in all these TV commercials, so you can't get out of them run a plain black screen and saying, instead of us spending $600,000 and producing a slick commercial, we donated it to frontline workers. And then don't tell them to go buy your product. Like there's so many different things you could be doing right now. But at the same time, all this COVID marketing where people are, are, are getting, you know, trying to tug on people's heartstrings and things like that, that is going to um, age poorly. People are going to fatigue from all this stuff because Every day we wake up, um, you know, the normal shifts a little bit. So if all of our marketing is all about frontline workers and, and, and this and that and stuff like that, um, people are going to start sort of like getting tired of it. So instead of just using these frontline workers as a, as a tool, why not donate money towards them, set them up, you know, for their future, take care of them in different ways and not use them as pawns to sell cars and, and, and things like that. We need to very shortly start getting back to a, a regular way of, of um, marketing with, you know, new reality in place, but it can't be all, you know, sort of like American flag, you know, this is the new nine 11, this is this like, everybody's craving like a little bit of like normalcy again. Um, Nobody wants to be reminded over and over and over that we're all going to die. And a lot of brands are going down that path. Um, Other ways you should be marketing right now, you should be talking to your customers. You should be reaching out to them by phone, turn off all your chat bots and, and all these things. You should be having real conversations with people. They're in their home. You should be mailing direct mail to people. Get their home address if you don't have them and send them things in their home. This is the time you have to build stronger relationships with your, your customers and your partners and your brands so that when things are you know, a little bit more back to normal, um, you know, you're, building, you're building loyalty, you're building retention, you're building all these things that you know you, you sometimes forget because we're so locked into short-term sales and and uh, you know easy metrics and things like that. So maybe um, I'm gonna ask you a question, but I I know that you're gonna say I know in a way you're it's you got to be tied to it through with the process. But how do you see things in terms of how your clients will go to market after all this? Um, it'll look a lot different than before, I guess, we got into this pandemic, correct? 
Yeah, it really depends on what the product is. If you have a product or service that's relevant uh, right now, then I'd go to market, you know, in a, in a traditional way. If you have a product or service that isn't relevant right now, um, you know, I'd either hold off a little bit or um, take some real chances or things. But you don't want to, like, everybody is, is, if six months ago people were easily offended, they're even more easily offended now, as they should be, because we're stuck in our homes, we're, we're, everyone's a little anxious, we're all on edge. Um, if you have a, a product that is completely irrelevant right now, I realize there's money invested in and stuff like that, but, like, you know, and I know I said brands that, that uh, vanish will be remembered. Like, you shouldn't be trying to sell vacations right now. You shouldn't be trying to sell, uh, like, I, I don't know anyone who's buying cars right now. Um, it's funny that cars are considered an essential service. I think from a, a um, you know, service side of things and mechanic side of things, yes. But, you know, it's like, what is, you know, you can't even go test drive a car right now. So why would you go buy a car? And so like that. there's a lot of services that just aren't that relevant right now. So I wouldn't be screaming and yelling, come buy your custom suit because you can't come and buy a custom suit right now. They're, like you have to really think about what is, what is important, what are people going to react to, what is necessary. Right. Fair enough. Now, um, I'm going to take a step back, just go back to cover off, you know, like a lot of your journey. You talked about, you know, a lot of your experiences, the people you met, the mentors, all that mm-hmm. there any is there anyone specific that you can point to um you know that you recommend a, a book or someone to study that you've learned a lot from to help build you through that it sounds like you've got you've got a lot of those uh, experiences do you have anyone that you can talk about yeah one of my favorite books of all time is a book called chasing cool um let's see i got it on my my bookshelf right here and it's by uh, Noah Kerner and Gene Pressman. Um, okay. I read it every year. It's about a 15-year-old book about creating, you know, demand and, and sort of like, you know, cool brand for your company. And the reason I love the book so much is it was written before social media. It was written so none of it talks about, you know, tools and things like that. It's really about getting at the emotional core of what people love about a brand. Um, you know, it talks about Grey Goose Vodka and how, you know, um, I don't know if you've ever heard these stories, but if you, you know, Grey Goose, when people go into a bar, they usually order, like, they don't order a screwdriver, they order Grey Goose and orange juice. And the reason mm-hmm. they, then Grey Goose actually created that by hiring, like, thousands of models like you know swimsuit models to go into the most popular bars get hit on by guys and when they ask what do you want to drink they would say i want a gray goose and orange juice and over time i don't know if these girls went home with the guys or not or they were just paid to you know just serially hit on guys and get them to think but literally over time by these girls just kept saying gray goose and vodka gray goose and, and gray goose and orange juice gray goose and whatever all of a sudden people started ordering it because they thought that that was the way you order Grey Goose. So instead of walking up to the bartender and just ordering generic drinks, you were being very specific with the brand you wanted. And then bars, if they didn't carry it, were starting to order it because all these beautiful people were ordering the specific vodka. But yeah, there's just so many examples of like things that brands have done over the years to you know create momentum and create 
you know, little, you know, mini movements for their brands. And the book sort of goes through top to bottom about them. It's, it's my favorite, favorite book of all time. Oh, that's awesome. And, and, and that's the point of the book like that. It's timeless, right? Like it doesn't matter what's mm-hmm. happening. If it still impacts you to this day through all this technology change, social media and all that, that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So what, uh, what's next for you coming, you know, like, you know, dealing with now and how are you dealing with the next six to eight weeks um, on your side of things? Yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, except for never leaving my house, it, you know, except for once every 10 days to go get groceries, it's just heads down do work you know i'm pitching things every day i'm doing uh free consulting calls you know you can go to calendly.com slash coffee with saul and grab 15 minutes of my time um my my basic strategy right now is i have a little extra time on my hands i'm trying to be as helpful as possible to as many people as possible creating a lot of content sharing a lot of videos you know doing things like we're doing right now and, uh, and it's really just about trying to be everywhere uh, as much as possible. So when, you know, the world does resume uh, a little bit closer to what we're used to, um, we can try to get back to business as usual. But for right now, it's just, you know, it's just trying to create as much uh, work as possible. That's awesome. So um, it, that was my next question. So the best way people to connect with you is through the Calendly link. Um, they can go to my website, theideaintegration.com. Uh, they can email me directly, Saul Colt at theideaintegration.com. Or um, I'm just Saul Colt, S-A-U-L-C-O-L-T, all one word, pretty much anywhere on any social media platform. Uh, you can get me anywhere I'm, I'm around. Okay, awesome. Very good. Well, Saul, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate you sharing your journey and, you know, just giving people another perspective in terms of how to uh, deal with today, but also in general, just, you know, like it's something you've done that was built to, um, you're ready for something like this, right? Um, Be able to respond to you know, anything even as big as this pandemic. So appreciate your time and um, wish you all the best. Well, I, I don't want to correct you. I don't think anyone was ready for this. Well, um, right. But, but <laughs> while not being prepared, at least I, I know what we should be doing in, in through this. But by no means was I ready for it. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking time to listen to the Cash Canucks podcast. You'll be able to find out more about our guests and how to connect with them in the show notes for this episode. Would you like to learn the secret way savvy investors and smart entrepreneurs are turning their expenses into positive cash flow? Then you want to read the Infinite Banking Concept book. For a limited time, I am giving away free copies of this book valued at $30. If you want a copy, just email me, Peter, with the subject line book to peter at cashflowcanucks.ca. Again, if you want a free copy of the Infinite Banking Concept book, just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca with the subject line book and your mailing address and I'll send you a copy. You'll finally understand how the wealthy elite is turning everyday expenses into cash flow. Just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca.